Greek Expectations by Mark Evans, Volume 5, Chapter the Sixth, A Loved-Up Life Potentially Totally Annihilated. Serve well. I am angrier than a fat man at an all-you-can-eat buffet who has just discovered that it is all salad. <laughs> Even though it is Christmas, sir? Yes, for my daughter and son-in-law are coming, and they are bound to be late. Mr. and Mrs. Sarkles. Papa, happy Christmas. But you're on time. As a lovely Christmas treat for you. Sir, so we'll set the clock forward 15 minutes. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, you're late. <laughs> open our presents, Papa? Dear Lily, always so keen for presents. I remember one Christmas morning you got up so early it was still only August. <laughs> to give out the presents, I have brought an amazing new device. Behold the world's first fully automatic steam-powered Father Christmas. Ho, ho, ho! Is it not good? Yes, it is not good. <laughs> Go on, Lily, ask him for presents. Have our presents, please, automatic steam-powered Father Christmas. Ho, ho, ho! Please state whether you have been good or bad this year. I have been good. Then no presents for you. But I said I've been good. Give me my presents. I'm sorry, Dave. I can't do that. <laughs> Who's Dave? I think he's malfunctioning. Ho, ho! Ho, men. <laughs> I must return up the chimney. Ho, ho! He has exploded. <laughs> After that, Sarquil, I must offer you some Christmas punch. Oh, yummy. <laughs> Ow! I have had enough. What? All the insults, the violence. You've never shown me respect or affection, even though I make your daughter happy. If God wanted women to be happy, he would have made them men. <laughs> you silly old misogynist. I am forced to offer you some Christmas kick. Christmas cake? Like Christmas cake, but more violent. Here. Oh, it turns out that was Christmas cake. <laughs> but finally, you have shown some spirit. I like you, Sir Quill. What? Papa, are you all right? I've always known how happy you make Lily, and I've always loved you for it. And I've always loved you. Hug time! Sorry, force a habit. <laughs> now pull up a Christmas chair and listen for the last part of my life story commences now. Last time you heard how my best friend Harry Biscuit became possessed by evil and with my sister Pippa threatened to destroy the world. Fortunately, my wife Ripley and I had stopped them with the surprising aid of my evil ex-guardian, Mr. Gently Benevolent, <laughs> who had briefly become good. <laughs> oh, a lovely butterfly. Before, alas, turning more evil than ever. Which I have crushed. Yet he had then disappeared like mist in a fog, or a drunk aunt towards the end of a wedding. And we'd not seen him since. Meanwhile, Harry and Pippa were determined to atone for their recent evil deeds. We are attending regular meetings of Evil Holics Anonymous. Our group is so supportive. Professor Moriarty. Mr. Hyde. Count Dracula. Little Nell. Little Nell's evil. Yes. Mm, faked her own appallingly sentimental death, then set up the mini-mafia with Tiny Tim and Little Dorrit. Anyway, the first of 
our 12 steps is to apologise to everyone we were evil to. So we're off to say sorry to three and a half million people. At the same time, Ripley and I were trying to repair our marriage after a recent uh, rough patch, while she thought I had fallen in love with the temporarily unevil Mr. Benevolent, even though I definitely hadn't. <laughs> Apart from a bit. <laughs> I should have seen it coming. We haven't been communicating properly for years. Nonsense. I send you a telegram saying I love you once a week, whether I mean it or not. <laughs> I think we should see a counsellor, Pip. To protest about fly tipping? Not that sort of counsellor. Oh, uh, do you mean a feelings person? Yes. Ah. We ended up seeing a counsellor who had alarmingly physical methods for resolving intimacy issues. Now, Pip, put your fingers there. I'm not comfortable with this. Trust me, and Ripley, just move your hips around a little. Ooh, that feels good. And look, you're holding hands. As we did, I looked into my wife's eyes and felt a feeling I had not felt for a long time. I want to learn French. What? And I love you, Ripley. Our love blazed to life again like a petrol-soaked pigeon landing on a fire. We went on a week's frolicking tour of the haystacks of Britain. <laughs> Fell in love all over again. And soon, as we sat one evening, me reading the paper and ripely doing embroidery... So, I think we should get the double pleat curtains instead. Sorry, did you say something, dearest? <laughs> Were you even listening to me, Pip? Um, not really. Oh. But don't you see what this means? What? Me going on about curtains, you reading the newspaper and not listening. We've become a proper married couple again. And Harry and Pippa seemed happy too. We're back. Our apologies took less time than we thought because most of the people we were evil to just ran away screaming when they saw us. Or are dead. Life was good. But the threat of Mr. Benevolent still hung over us like the sword of Damocles or a badly installed chandelier. If he does return, I am worried that I no longer have the desire or energy to thwart him. Feeling old, Pip Bin. I am. I now have crow's feet round my eyes and badger's hands on my forehead. <laughs> and I am going bald. No. <laughs> Some of your hair has just taken early retirement. Alas, has retired to places such as my ears, eyebrows, nose. Yeah, I'm aging too. I never used to have to get up in the night, but these days I find myself getting up two or three times to go for a cake. Alas, it was not long before Mr. Benevolent returned, like a recurrent skin condition, or that drunk aunt who left the wedding early. And has now come back even more drunk and with some bloke called Jeff she met in the pub. He returned on the night we were out watching the finals of a popular musical entertainment show, The Empire's Got Talent, hosted by Anthony Trollope and the Duke of Clarence, also known as Ant and Duke. We just witnessed a spectacular act in which 29 bulldogs and poodles had recreated the Battle of Waterloo. And we were enjoying an orphan chimney sweep, juggling rats while dying of consumption. <laughs> when suddenly a horribly familiar figure appeared, cruelly pushing the orphan from the stage. Uh... That's a no from me. 
Mr. Benevolent, you orphan-sweep-shoving monster! I'm back, and I'm here to announce to the world my latest and greatest bit of Meville. Meville? Evil done by me. <laughs> Starting tomorrow on the 1st of December, I am going to perform one dreadfully malicious act every day until Christmas, like an advent calendar of evil. Like one where instead of a chocolate behind each door, there's a bit of an onion or a spider. And it will all culminate at midnight on Christmas Eve with my most awful and dastardly act yet. Which is? Not telling. I bet you haven't even worked it out yet. Yes, I have. He doesn't know what it is. Yes, I do. Don't. I'm going to destroy the entire universe. Oh, I've ruined the lovely surprise now. How is that a lovely surprise? Well, it does mean I wouldn't have to worry about Christmas shopping. I haven't got a clue what to buy, Pippa. Anything but earrings again. Mm. And how many pairs of pyjamas can one woman wear? It's eight, isn't it? <laughs> so until then, see you, ciao, and later as losers. <laughs> My worst fears had come true. He was back. Alas, those fears soon became even worster. For later that night, as I sat up affectionately not going to bed at the same time as my wife, <laughs> there was a commotion in my chimney. Which is not a euphemism. <laughs> oh, so narrow, so sooty, and there's a fire at the bottom. Ow, I burned my foot! Mr. Benevolent! Well, I don't know how a fatty like Father Christmas does it. Anyway, I've come to offer you a deal, Pip Bin. What deal? If at any time in the coming month you surrender yourself to me so that I can kill you, I will instantly stop my campaign of Meville. You could call it a, a kill one, set millions free deal. Yes, you could, but that would be rubbish. Nevertheless, it is my offer. I go now. Actually, I'll never get back up the chimney. Can I just use the door? Thanks. Sorry, forgot. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> I instantly dismissed his offer from my mind, for Ripley and I were so happy in our renewed love that I could not bear to be parted from her. So, like a good middle-aged man, I reported the matter to the proper authorities and sought a meeting with the Prime Minister, a Mr. Glad Rayleigh Clamp Vulture. <laughs> you have to understand, the government has limited resources. We have to prioritize. He says he will destroy the universe. What is more important than that? Re-election. Besides, <laughs> saying you'll do something doesn't necessarily mean you actually will. As a politician, I know that very well. <laughs> Remember my empty promises about votes for horses? <laughs> Free jam? Fortunately, Mr. Benevolent's campaign began slowly. His first evil act was an awful launch party. Oh, this white wine is warm and sweet. And the canapes are evil. Bacon-wrapped strawberries. Quite like them myself. <laughs> Yum. On day two, he sawed an inch off one leg on every pub table in Britain. <laughs> so wobbly. Oh, I've spilled my own pint. Oh, now I start to have a fight with myself. <laughs> And then he managed to get every newspaper in Britain printed a bit blurry, so the whole country thought they needed glasses. <laughs> but things soon got properly evil, as we woke one morning to find that every cat in London had been shaved. <laughs> Though, to be fair, that was initially hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> 
bald cats. <laughs> Brilliant. Though Mr. Benevolent's evil was spreading like vicious margarine, my love for my wife prevented me from sacrificing myself to stop it. Oh, if only there was some really easy way to stop Mr. Benevolent. But there isn't, is there? How could there be? Now, let's have a hug. If you insist. Though I made a promise to myself that I would intervene as soon as things got properly nasty. Alas, things then got properly nasty, as first Yarmouth disappeared. On technical grounds alone, you have to say, well, evil. Quickly followed by Inverness and Eccles. No! All those cakes lost. Then Lincoln and Devizes. The sort of jewel in the crown of Wiltshire gone. Portsmouth and Ilford. Actually, he's probably done us a favour there. <laughs> and finally, Peterborough, Bury St Edmunds, Ipswich and Norwich. With the weight of so many eastern towns missing, the whole country now tilted westwards. <laughs> ruining games of snooker and bowls of soup everywhere. <laughs> and making Welsh people roll into the Irish Sea in their sleep. <laughs> and alas, rightly also noticed something. Hold on. The first letters of the town spell out... Yippaban Mahootenay. <laughs> no, Yield Pip Bin. Oh, close. How odd. I don't know what it means at all, and I am certain it isn't a reference to my being able to stop all of this at any point by surrendering myself to his dreadful clutches. What? Huggy hug time. Much as I appreciate the affection, you are a bit clingy these days, Pip. Indeed I was, for as the evil grew, so I knew the time was approaching when I would have to sacrifice myself to Mr. Benevolent. Desperately, I again beseech the Prime Minister. Sorry, but none of those towns were in constituencies held by my party, so I can't be bothered to do anything. <laughs> as Christmas Eve arrived and London filled with yuletide cheer, all I felt was despair. For at midnight, I knew I had to save the universe at the cost of my own life. At least I had a last few hours with Ripley. Let us have a lovely, long hug. It's like being married to a needy koala. <laughs> As midnight approached, I was disturbed by a shout from outside. Doo who, Pip-Bin, come and play. And knew my destiny was at hand. Harry, Ripley and Pippa accompanied me as I went out to where Mr. Benevolent waited, standing next to a huge, gaudily wrapped parcel. Welcome, Pip-Bin. Mwah, mwah. A friendly kiss of greeting? No, an evil one. I've left loads of lipstick on your cheeks. <laughs> you fiend! Wow, that present is ginormous What is it? Is it really big socks? <laughs> Why not open it and see? Oh, uh, oh. oh, just a massive cylinder made of sinister metal with all kinds of malicious wires and evil sciencey looking bits hanging off it. It is my ultimate universe-destroying machine! But that's an awful present to give. It's worse than hankies. How does it work, you monster? Have you heard of string theory? No. Good, because it's wrong. <laughs> the universe is actually explained by wool theory. For God may not play dice, but God does knit. I have found a snag in the tank top of existence, which will allow my machine to unravel reality like a mad old woman reverse knitting. It will never work. It worked on all those missing towns. And, oh, look, it's nearly midnight. Anything you want to say or do, Pip-Bin? I desperately wanted to do the noble thing, but as the chimes of midnight and Christmas Day rang out, dooming the universe, all I could think about was squeezing every last second out with Ripley. 
Ripley, hug? No, it's gone beyond clingy and into weird. Soon there will be no more hugs, no more anything, for it is midnight, which means... Midnight feast! No. <laughs> Goodbye, universe. Will there at least be nibbles? OK, I have some evil canapes. Oh, bacon-wrapped strawberries. You know, I am the only person who actually likes these. <laughs> and now let the machine of ultimate doom begin its terrible, destructive process. <laughs> I really should have made it sound more impressive. <laughs> Still, the universe will now inevitably be destroyed. And suddenly I knew that this was it, and my time with Ripley was up. For, as a wise philosopher once said, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the one or the few. If I agree to the terms of your deal, Mr. Benevolent, then the universe may yet survive. It may. Hang on. What deal? That if he gives himself up to me, I will stop my evil. I would have done it earlier. I would have saved all those people and bald cats. But I wanted more time with you, Ripley. Oh, Pip. You let thousands of people suffer and die for me. Now you put it that way, I feel bad. <laughs> oh, don't feel bad. Well, I mean do. It's morally appalling. But I am also touched. Hug. Hug. Do you want to save the universe or not? I do. I must. No, Pippin. Do not do it. Harry, old friend. Right. Just remember that I have forgotten to buy Pippa a Christmas present. Oh, not again. The end of the universe might be my only way out of trouble. <laughs> Unless the earring and pyjama shop is still open. Don't you dare! <laughs> Harry, this is one problem you must solve yourself, for I have a universe to save. Kill me and then switch your machine off, Benevolent. Actually, I shall do both at once. Your death is what will switch the machine off, for it is programmed so that only your unique biological Eunice can stop it. Good, eh? Intellectually, yes, but personally, very much no. <laughs> With great sadness, yet also... A hugely smug sense of my own nobility, I climbed to my doom. As I looked inside the machine, I could see the universe itself unraveling and dissolving in a vast, swirling, multicolored mass like sick on a roundabout. It is a far, far more reluctant thing I do now. Don't do it, Pippin. Prime Minister Clamvulture. Focus group findings indicate that saving the universe would be a huge vote winner. Right up there with invading France or free jam. Free jam does sound good. Thus, I shall save it with the aid of the British Isles Defence Force. That is just one man. The Empire's committed to so many wars, conflicts, skirmishes, fights, to-dos, have-at-yous, rumbles and violent picnics, that he is the only man left. And he has just collapsed. Ah, bother. Well, free jam, anyone? At this, I felt a tremendous rage building within me. And finally, snapped. I warned you about Mr. Benevolent, and you did nothing. Come now. We're all in this together. In it together? <laughs> you can go in it by yourself. I grabbed him and hurled him into the machine with all its malevolent power. <sighs> he burst into nothingness, his hideous demise, shaking my universe-saving resolve only a little. Actually... I'm having second thoughts now. That looked horrible. But, dear brother, you must look. Where Pippa pointed, I could see a blank horizon of nothingness heading rapidly towards us, the fabric of reality unraveling before my very eyes. Farewell, dear Ripley. Goodbye, Harry. Adieu, Pippa. Sayonara, Mr. Benevolent. Oh, stop stalling. I'm not stalling. Does Vidania sky. <laughs> Adios, stars. Actually, wait a second. I want one last hug. Really? 
The end of the universe is dangerously close. There is always time for a hug. I'm coming down. Oh, this is all making me nervously hungry. I shall eat a delicious bacon-wrapped strawberry. Oh, oh, dropped it. Never mind. Sure it won't matter. Right. <laughs> Thanks for the hug. I shall hurry back and save the universe now. There was little time, for the blank horizon of dissolved existence was nearly upon us. Alas, as I hastened to the machine... No! I have slipped on a bacon-wrapped strawberry! <laughs> and I realized I was too late. The last threads of reality disappeared. The blank horizon of nothingness descended. My apocalyptic triumph is complete. <laughs> and as the universe collapsed into blank non-existence, I found myself standing next to a jolly-looking bearded man with red cheeks, a long green robe, and a crown of flowers. Who are you? Oh, I am the spirit of Christmas past, present, and future. I thought that was three different ones. In this economic climate, no, we had to rationalise. <laughs> the other two were furious. Yet, you seem so jolly. It's Christmas Day. I have been drinking since breakfast. <laughs> Whereas you, young man, haven't been drinking, but you have been destroying the universe. Hmm? Sorry about that. Slightly misjudged my deadline. Luckily, Christmas Day is a day of wonder, magic and second chances, so I'm going to send you back to have another go. But even if I succeed, I still die. Ah, but what if this time you had some help? What sort of help? Brace yourself! I'm rebooting the universe. Everything collapsed into blackness again. But then I heard a noise. And suddenly, <laughs> I was back with Mr. Benevolent, Ripley, Harry and Pippa. And one more person, a figure who looked oddly familiar. Are you an older version of me? I am. And you're a younger one. Though I don't remember being so... Camp. <laughs> and I can't believe I will get so wrinkly. Why am I here? I can only assume the Christmas spirit plucked you from the timeline of my potential future Christmases to help because, being me, you share my unique biological meanness, thus enabling you to throw yourself into oblivion and stop the machine while I get to carry on living and enjoy all the many more Christmases which you have already enjoyed. What? The less you think about it, the more it makes sense. <laughs> well, all I see is two pip-bins to kill. And I see one gently benevolent to thwart once and for all. Because if I'm going to die, you're coming with me. What? No, let go of me. Come now, gently. Destroying the universe is just a cry for help, isn't it? It would destroy you as well. And I think, deep down, you want that, to be freed from your evil forever. Oh, curse your pop psychology. It's true. Well, then free me from myself. I shall. Before you go, any hints for the future? Oil. You'll feel dirty, but rich. <laughs> and when you go out for your birthday in 1883, don't have the trout. <laughs> Sir... Farewell, all. I will see you in Pip's future and my past. Bye. Now, Benevolent, take my hand. Remember the time we were friends. And let us step together into eternity. Bye, everyone. Sorry about the evil and stuff. Whoa! My nemesis and I tumbled into the vast, churning abyss, and I could hear the joyful relief behind me. Pip! that hot when you're older, I might actually stay with you. Sort of thank you, dearest. The machine has stopped. 
The universe is saved! Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas. But now their sounds grew distant, and I could feel harsh fingers of gravity tugging at me. Mr. Benevolent and I clung to each other, and then that clinging became an embrace of two men, no longer enemies, now simply human beings united in their small, special uniqueness. As the vast forces ripped me to atoms, I knew that I had saved the universe. Which, as dying thoughts go, isn't a bad one. And in a moment of startling clarity, I suddenly saw and knew all knowledge from all time. Before, there was only the soft darkness of oblivion, and I was dead. Are you having me on? <laughs> I assure you, every word is true. You saw all knowledge from all time? I did. Alas, I wasn't really paying attention. I can't remember much. Hang on. If you're dead, how come you're still alive? It all happened this morning, just before you arrived. I didn't want to ruin the last part of my story or not see my daughter on Christmas Day, so I cut a deal with death, and he gave me an extra half hour or so. He's waiting for me outside. Look. Hello. <laughs> oh, nice scythe. Thanks. It was a Christmas present. <laughs> but now, Sir Philip, it is time to go. I understand. Dear daughter, I'm afraid I must. Oh, you and I don't want you to go. I've had a good life, seen so many things. Alas, all those moments will be lost like milk and cream. <laughs> but now I go to a better place, one with good restaurants, excellent transport links and low council tax. <laughs> a place where I shall see old friends and family. Pip! Pip! I hear Harry calling. There are adventures yet aplenty, old chum. Oh, Pip, dear brother. Play. And now my sister. Dear husband, come to me, for the frolicking paddock awaits, and we can walk hand in hand through eternity. Rightly. I'm coming, my love. I am coming. Wait for me. He is gone. Oh, Papa. Let us contemplate silently for a while. Ha! Had you going, didn't I? Oh, oh, Papa, you live yet? I have cheated death many times before. You think he might be wise to it by now. <laughs> but how did you escape his deathly grip? Old trick I used to use on Harry. I pointed to the sky and said, Look, a swan, and while he was looking, I legged it in another direction. <laughs> but now we must leave my story and celebrate, for today is Christmas Day. A day when all must be joyous and moderately drunk. A day for optimism, hope, and strangely cured chocolates. <laughs> Above all, a day when all our expectations are far from bleak. <laughs> Thank you. 
Bleak Expectations, written by Mark Evans and starred Richard Johnson as Sir Philip Bin, Tom Allen as Young Pip, Anthony Head as Mr. Gently Benevolent, James Markman as Harry Biscuit, Jeffrey Whitehead as Clamp Vulture, Sarah Hadland as Ripley, Susie Kane as Pippa, and Mark Evans as Sundry Seasonal Spirits. The producer was Gareth Edwards. Thank <laughs> you.